Hey everybody, welcome to Bagging the Boardcast, episode number 309. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is The List, the comic books that we are looking forward to, coming out July 20th, 2016. Then we follow it up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week, since, hey, John's getting married this weekend. It's me! (laughs) We're going to be taking a look at some of our favorite comic book couples. Mm. Mm. Uh, And we were told we weren't allowed to record during the wedding or the wedding day. We thought before the rehearsal... In the venue, that's why it's going to sound a little echoey, and we're just on a field recorder propped up on a on a little step stool. Yep, mm-hmm. in a in a barn. And well, we we have to be drinking, of course, because this is the bag and broadcast. And I I haven't had the good beer delivered yet, so the beer for the guests I'm not too fond of. Uh, we have Labatt's Blue Light, a Canadian Pilsner, coming in at four percent, and. Um, Kind of tasting like if you drank the water, you were rinsing your beer glass out. Yeah, it's cold at least, so I mean... That's nice. It's a it's a nice warm day here, so this is somewhat refreshing, but yeah, it's it doesn't taste much like anything. I had never checked into a Labatt Blue Light on, on tap, so I gave it a .75 because it's, it's I can drink it. <laughs> you can drink it. It's not the absolute grossest, worst thing ever. Uh... I gave it a point two five because there's nothing. I'm sure there's something that I would probably put under right under this. So yeah, it's not it's not terrible. It's just I I don't know why you would drink it. Nostalgia. No. Yeah, yeah. Being at the Sabres game before I knew any better, Labatt Blue Light was a beer choice back in my early twenties. <laughs> Watching the hockey games, hockey night in Canada, you drink a Labatt Blue Light or a Molson Canadian Light, and you were happy. Because in that moment in time, nothing could go wrong because you were there watching hockey. <laughs> Only your drinking choice could go wrong. <laughs> uh, well, I'm happy because my two best men who are uh, going to be at my wedding tomorrow are here sitting with me. Chris is not in the studio, but on location with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's get into the very little news that we have. Yeah, it's uh, not a lot of stuff has come out so far. I think the, the biggest Pokemon Go... <laughs> It's still happening. People are still excited about this. They're finding dead bodies left and right still from it. So people are getting stabbed over it because they're we're wandering out at one a.m. and then think somebody else that's on their cell phone is also Pokemon going and challenge each other to a battle, and then the guy just stabs them right in the shoulder. It's like the beginning of a Law and Order episode where like just kids are just walking somewhere and they're like, "Oh, dead body," and then. I just thought it would be funny to talk I about that again, because that's in, all that matters. But he never checked out. Um, besides that, there's the Star this, Wars Rogue One poster. Yeah, mm-hmm. looks really cool. I'm excited about the planet. Hi, guys. Hello. How are you? Good, how are you? Yeah, the poster looks great. Yes, Star Wars Celebration is going on this weekend, so it's happening right now, and Disney just unveiled the poster to everyone else in the world. Um, very different from any other Star Wars poster we've ever had before, because it's pretty bright and it's also not a character themed poster this one that we're seeing now it's actually just it's more location Star. yeah it's the dust star looming in the background almost like a on a beach at, resort yeah looking like looking at the moon during the middle of the day so you know it's like you know how sometimes you can see the moon uh during the day it's kind of like that where it's except that's no moon there. yeah that is <laughs> I, I dig it just because, I mean, this is going to be a different take on Star Wars franchise. This is our first Star Wars story. Um, so, yeah, it works for setting it apart from everything else that's come before. Uh, yeah, looks great. Uh, the other thing I saw from Star Wars Celebration Day was the kid who played Boba Fett. Uh, little, little Little baby feet. Uh-huh. Uh, handing out slices of pizza to people waiting in line, which I thought was kind oh, of cool that's that sweet. he's still... Interested in the franchise, and not. <laughs> but also like, oh, no, they'll go get my autograph for fifteen dollars. Uh, the other bit of news I had uh, was DC is going to be bringing the sequel to the 1987's Lost Boys uh, to print. Um, and this so is, didn't, wait, did they already do a sequel to Lost Boys? They did some really bad wait, movies. So is this going to be like a graphic novelization of that, or is it going to no, be no? It's like, going to be okay. its own thing. It's the uh, the Lost Corey Boys Hume and Corey. 
Feldman movie with the vampires? Frog yes. Brothers. Frog Brothers. Uh, so th- <laughs> this will be coming out in uh, October to hit your little nostalgia 80 button. Uh, written by uh, Tim Seeley. Okay. And artist uh, Scott Goleski. Um, known for like Copperhead and Dark and Bloody. Um, so it... You know, it looks like it's going to be kind of fun. Just a little teaser image they have of it. Yeah, I love this movie growing up. It, I, I, also, I haven't seen it in years. It's probably been like ten years since I've seen it. But you and I watched it together. <laughs> ten years ago, yeah. <laughs> Tim Seeley, is he Hackslash? Yes. Uh, okay. Hackslash and, and uh, Grayson, now, now on Nightwing. So look forward to when we talk about Nightwing Rebirth at the end of this month, because well, that's, that's definitely going to be one of our look-back books. He does Hackslash because he loved the old horror slasher movies, so mm-hmm. this makes sense that he would also love uh, 80s, completely, totally rad 80s uh, vampire movie. I have never seen it. Really? Yep. It's, it's it's another big trouble in Little China for me. We didn't make you watch it when nope. we made you watch horror movies? Yeah, it never made the list. I saw Fright Night. Fright Night's really good, though. That's a good one. I, I even enjoyed the remake. After I saw the remake, I was like, okay. I mean, it's never going to stand up to the original, but I, I liked it. It was, a good, it was a good updated version of it. And I thought uh, Colin Farrell was a good vampire in that. Yeah. So if this is good enough, would you want to see a new remake of... Lost Boys? No. No, never? I don't know if you could capture that magic again. It, it's one of those movies I don't think you can go back to, like Goonies. Like, I would yeah. never want to see a remade Goonies. Or Goonies 2? The awesome would they, game. Would it be Toonies at that point? Yeah. I'm trying to think how they would just do the poster for it. Yeah. Goonies 2, like the typography. Uh, you would do the N, you would turn it into a 2. So you would have Goonies, and then the N would be the top of the two. And then you would put your subtitle right on the bottom. One-Eyed Willie's Revenge. Yeah. Ooh, good title. Thank you. Christmas special. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then the other little bit of news that I had was... uh, Fox orders an X-Men pilot from Marvel and 20th Century Fox. Hold on, Future Wife's calling me. Hello. That was Future Wife. Uh, so Fox has ordered X-Men uh, pilot from Marvel and 20th Century, 20th Century Fox. Um, they're going to put a pilot together um, for television from uh, Burn Notice creator Ooh. Matt Nix. Um, this is going to be joined by uh, Laura Schull Donner, um, Jeff, or, uh, Jeff Loeb, John, uh, Jim Corey, are going to be executive producers on this. Um, they had optioned Hellfire, and this is looks like it's going to be replacing Hellfire's Club. Are they still doing Legion? Legion, I think, is the pilot was or cast. It's probably been filmed now. I don't know if they've completely made uh, their decision on that yeah. show. But this is going to be uh, focused on two ordinary parents who discover their children possess mutant powers. Both of their children. Um, forced to go on the run from a hostile government, the family joins up with the underground network of mutants and must fight for survival. So this is another kind Did of... mention how old the kids are? No. no. But you have... Because um, if it's focusing on the parents, it's kind of a little weird, you know? But then again, you can save on special effects since the kids aren't just blasting everything left or in the center. Yeah. <laughs> if they're, like, in the background. But it, I don't know. I think this is coming off of, like, the critical acclaim that Midnight Special got, which was about a child who has these powers and a father who's going on the run and <laughs> getting him away from uh, the government, um, starring Michael Shannon, who played General Zod. It was a very underground kind of movie, and... But it got all this critical acclaim. It's supposed to be a really, really good movie. It seems like they're just doing that but calling it an X-Men show. Uh, I don't know. It's, I think it's better than Hellfire's Club. And, you know, it's... Especially, like, you were talking about the, uh, the Legion. It, it, there's so many of these pilots that get made, but we never see. They get leaked, you know. Wonder Woman got made but never got released. The Lock and Key... Pilot got made and never released. Which is supposed to be going back to another pilot. Yeah. Okay. Over at FX again? Or I don't know where. Maybe uh, AMC this time. But 
and have we gotten any more news from Robert Kurtzman's Outcast? Oh, yeah, that show's on. It's, it's, on. Oh, it's, yeah, on? it's on. Yeah, yeah oh. it's already started airing. Oh. But, uh, most that. people have been really digging it. I think I was talking to Zelensky about it. Maybe, maybe. Uh, but no, yeah, it's it's been getting a lot of good buzz. It's already up for a second season. Hmm. Uh, That's good. I, I just saw. I'm checking the StarWars.com website because they just debuted the new trailer for Rogue One. Oh. So I'm seeing if they actually have it available online yet. And they were supposed to show a trailer for Rebels Season 3 there at uh, Star Wars um, I think they showed that online. I I saw a They were live streaming it it or something, yeah. They were going to... So when it was shown there, they were also going to show it exactly at the same time online. I like Rebels. I I watched Season 2 because I jumped on after it had already wrapped up Season 1. It's a cool show. I dig it. Um, it's one of those things I'll probably watch season three as it's airing. I didn't get to finish season two just because I started to get really busy with work when I was wrapping up, but I think I only missed like the last three episodes of the season. Oh, hopefully so. with the Disney, Marvel, Netflix thing that will come up on Netflix soon enough for me to watch that. Yeah. I, I think all of Clone Wars on Netflix, and that, that was a pretty decent show. You know, there was a lot of filler episodes, but yeah. yeah. Uh, I think this is... TV-wise, it's Marvel slash Fox who have this franchise trying to capitalize on what DC's been able to do. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge Gotham fan, but that's going into its third season. I actually, I, I still enjoy watching Gotham. Like, I kind of got more into it in um, season two. And uh, Wonder Woman, or not Wonder Woman, uh, Supergirl, Flash, uh, Arrow, like, all... All the DC properties. All uh, doing extremely well on TV. Well, also uh, doing extremely CW well. Yeah. Which is a difference than saying, you know, like, big, uh, you know, the uh, big three, ABC, uh, ABC, uh, CBS, and NBC. But even them, the, the, their numbers aren't as extraordinary as they used to be. Right. So. But I'm, what I'm saying is that Supergirl was on C- or CBS. It fell off. We had NBC had Constantine that... You know, got to cancel. There, but there's now rumblings that maybe we'll see Constantine season two, okay. because it's doing well with the streaming hmm. on um, like uh, the website. Grim is still on, and that seems like that's Grimm why they went fun. with. I like that's Grimm. why they went with Constantine on NBC. Um, well, and does that do well number wise on TV? This is something I'm just asking out to the ether. No, I know we don't. Th- have this is kind of a good side discussion because I loved the show Gallivant. Mm-hmm. on ABC um, it got two seasons incredible for a musical comedy show mid-season filler replacement yeah. kind of thing um, and one of the stars of it uh, has like come out Karen David she played uh, I can't remember the Princess Elizabeth whatever mm-hmm. uh, she's come out and said like hey we know we love people are kind of rallying behind the show asking for season three and she said the people that take care of like Netflix and Hulu do watch what you're searching for on Mm -hmm. there so even if it's something that's not there every time you search for something on Netflix the Netflix people are still watching just to see how often those shows are looked for and then that's something that they do take a look at to be like well hey you know what people are looking for Galavant maybe there's money to be had from this that's that's right so start searching for Magnum Boardcast on Netflix (laughs) and Hulu but it's just kind of like to kind of get back to what you're saying like Streaming is changing how, yeah. how how not just TV shows are watched, but also kind of how they're made and produced now, mm-hmm. and also DVD season, the series. Yeah. You know, before because this seems like the same. Uh, you know, streaming became the new DVD collection because remember how when DVD sets would sell really well, everybody was like when Firefly hit DVDs, and they're yeah. like, oh, maybe we'll get a season two of Firefly because the DVDs are selling so well, and then nothing ever really happened. So I kind of take. It's all with a grain of salt with, oh, maybe, you know, with it streaming so well, we'll get more. And usually it's just like Netflix or Hulu that do it, not television. Yeah, but I mean, that's the new market because everybody has one or both of those options. And, and Amazon I mean, Prime. And they pick, up, they pick up those shows. They picked up Longmire. They picked up um, the uh, cop show with the, the killing. Okay. They picked up the killing to finish that series off. There, you know, and they had all the mm-hmm. previous seasons, and they were like, "Yeah, let's let's do it. Let's finish this up." Longmire's still they're still making up shows of that, seasons of that. So I, I 
I honestly can't remember if we talked about this on the show or not, but Netflix's Daredevil, it's getting a Blu-ray DVD release. Mm-hmm. Like well, it's, it's kind of making that jump from streaming only to available like physically. And also Daredevil and Jessica Jones just announced they're both Emmy-nominated, too. Oh, wow. Nice. That's kind of cool that they got uh, the Emmy nods. But we had uh, Emmy nods from streaming only from House of Cards before. So it's not the first time it's happened. Well, these are uh, the, yeah, superhero yeah, TV, TV shows. shows. Yeah, so this might be the first time a superhero TV show's got an uh, Emmy nod that isn't just special effects related or costuming related. So yeah, that'd be interesting if we had the more internet here. Yeah, if we had more, if we weren't in a barn, <laughs> <laughs> literally in a barn, out in the field. Maybe we we could look up this stuff for you. But uh, what we can look up is the books that we're looking forward to, right? That is right, because we've got no other beer review. Yeah. Uh, we're looking at the books that are coming out July 20th, 2016. Uh, I've really been enjoying what's been happening, not only with Rebirth, but kind of more on the Batman side of things. And this week, we're actually going to be seeing the release of Batgirl and the Birds of Prey Rebirth, number one. Mm-hmm. Um, this is written by Shauna Benson with art by Claire Rowe. And this is kind of getting the gals back together. I'm Really looking forward to this one. Someone has found out about Barbara Gordon's time as Oracle, and they're now using the Oracle moniker, and they're selling information to villains. Um, so, so, calculator. Maybe. We'll, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, and spoilers for Nightwing Rebirth number one. Helena Bertinelli is no longer with Spiral, and she's officially downing the Huntress. Oh, that's cool. They, yeah. uh, they costume. She's she's gonna be joining that team as well. I'm I'm really looking forward to this one. Uh, spoilers for whenever we do our look back. I really dug Nightwing number one. I'm looking forward to more of that and subsequently Birds uh, of Prey too. Now uh, I also am going to be doing a rebirth book. Uh, I do like water. I do love my John Constantine. So Hellbrit Blazer Rebirth number one over at DC, written by Simon uh, Simon Oliver. And art by Moratat, Moradot, Moradot. Yes, he. We've seen stuff from him before. I can't mm-hmm. remember. It was like some image or IDW book that you picked up, John. I don't yeah. remember um, what it was. But this is taking John Constantine back to London after a soul-eating demon or something. I enjoy Hellblazer books. Uh, I, I try to jump on if it's a good story. I stay on if I'm not enjoying it. I don't. It's one of those ones that I don't keep buying just because I love the character uh, I kind of pick and choose the stories that I like of them so this is definitely uh, a good jumping on point see what they're going to be doing different um, and uh, yeah I'm excited about it uh, and it's Hellblazer Blazer. yeah that's what I was going to yeah. mention I'm surprised they're not calling it Constantine or Constantine depending on your pronunciation they're actually calling it Hellblazer not in the Vertigo line in the DC proper because that used to be the split with from the new 52. Yeah. It was like, oh, no, you still got your Hellblazer stories, and then you got your Constantine stories in the DC. So now I guess they're merging those two? You know? Is that it? Or well, they, there... they kind of switched it over from Hellblazer to John Constantine when the movie was coming out <laughs> starring Keanu. Like, And then I think at that point they just kept it John Constantine because at that point it was a little bit more recognizable branding wise just because you did have the movie come out and it was a name that could be associated with a character you know then during the new 52 we had the television show yeah and then the comic book but yeah we still had hellblazer for a little while they they were running contiguously you know uh, so it's interesting that they actually went hellblazer route because spoilers for the end of uh Rebirth Zero, they were bringing in the Watchmen into the DCU, like, new, you know, the proper, even though that was a DC book. Yeah. But it was always its own kind of world, and they kind of... Yeah, never had uh, any kind of connection, but, I mean, it makes sense that it would be an Elseworld. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I'm looking forward to, uh, just, you know, I got to dip my toe back into the Tony Daniel art. I know Chris is more of a fan of his art than I am. I kind of like think it's a little plasticky he just does like your standard dc superhero stuff yeah. i think when he's doing one or the other if he's just writing mm-hmm. or if he's just doing art you get a little more 
Like if he's just doing the art, you get a little more solid art from him. But when he's like writing and doing the art, yeah. I think that's when it gets a little much. Yeah, so I'm interested to see what's happening over at Justice League Rebirth number one or Justice League number one. I forget what what, just, what it's called. But uh, and it's being written by uh, another artist, Brian Hitch. So it's so I, I, I'm kind of interested to see how the two artists kind of collaborate together. They both have done both running and uh, art uh, on books. You know, Brian Hitch got to start with doing his creator own work at what Aphrodite 13 or Aphrodite. What was that? I don't even. No, that's David Finch. Oh, David Finch. And who am I? Brian Hitch. Brian Hitch did. He was the artist that was on Ultimates. Ultimates. Okay. So he's now writing. Okay. And he he did do the Justice League series that came out last year from DC, Mm -hmm. where he was writing and drawing it too. But it was kind of like an out of continuity thing. I don't think we read Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, and he's. I've seen him. He's written some other things as well. But uh, at least I wasn't wrong about him being a writer artist. So (laughs) you're wrong about the guy. But uh, almost. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that, but not as much as I'm looking forward to a dramatic reading. Now, Bagna Boardcast presents a dramatic reading from DC Universe Rebirth, number zero. Linda helped me come over. Our love transcended dimensions. We were connected no matter where we were. And that was John's Vows being read. But, <laughs> I mean, that was DC Comics... Presents Rebirth, Issue Zero. <laughs> Wally West. Yeah, talking about Linda Park West. Hey, that's, you know, a great comic book couple. It it's is. almost like a segue. That is a, a, topic. a good segue, Paul. And while you're starting that, Paul, why don't you uh, go into your favorite Ooh. comic book couple, or one of them? Oh, I figured we were going to do two. Yeah, yeah. Unless somebody snabs somebody else's... You ready for this, guys? Ready. Don't see this one coming. Oh, Reed Richards, Steve Storm. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Come on. They're Come the, on. They, they, they are the first Marvel's first family for a reason. A, they are a family first and Avenger second. And uh, Reed is that guy that I think is that 1950s male stereotype where he's... Battered wife syndrome. Uh, <laughs> me? What? Uh... Where he's off working and she's, you know, a powerful woman in her own right, but she's, you know, kind of just trying to hold the the uh, family together with invisible force fields. And then he realizes that, you know, he's working, he should only be working so hard for his own family and he gets pulled out of it and then at the last minute helps bring everything together. And it's that, uh, I, I really love the whole non-nuclear nuclear family that they are because it's Uncle Johnny, Uncle Ben and then Reed and Sue and then yeah you throw in Val and Franklin in the mix too and you know most times I get annoyed with kids in comics but Val and Franklin work and they work so well. You just like them because you like Fantastic Four so by proxy you have to. Maybe it's hard for me to separate that all out you know it's kind of like me trying to separate eggs I have a hard time with that yeah, you know, the yolks always get in the whites, man. I can't, I can't separate them. Uh, but they work so well because they're playing off of Sue and Reed. So good. They're so good. So good. First family. First family. <laughs> I, I don't have too much their, to say. Their marriage was an event. It was a <laughs> sham. She loves Namor. No. But she knew she couldn't have his pointy ears. And still go to the fancy restaurants that she wanted. It's more so he couldn't, yeah, it's no shoes, no shirt, no service, and he has those little wings on his feet, so he can never wear shoes. Mm. Mm. What if he got those Reeboks that have the wings, that have the, they have the wings on the side? Oh, I don't, I don't know about them Reeboks. No? I, I'm not in the market for shoes. Maybe we should write any more about it. Ew. Uh, yeah, I know this is something that you would pick. Yeah, uh, I don't know if I have too much to say yeah, about you this can't couple. Tear it down. Everything I said was correct and right. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I always wish my marriage is as good as Reed and Sue's, but me being a little less of a dick. Uh, you stretch yourself out way too thin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris, your your favorite couple? Uh, one of my favorite couples, and they're kind of an on-again, off-again, and this is going to be back over on the DC side of things, and this is going to be Dick Grayson and Barbara Gordon. Mm. Um, 
Dick Grayson has definitely kind of made his way around the DC universe, but he always keeps circling back to Babs. And I don't know, I'm hoping that now he's going to be a presence in Gotham again. Um, we might see a little bit more of his appearing over in maybe Batgirl or her appearing in Nightwing. I just think these are two great characters that they basically grew up together being vigilantes in Gotham, and it just really solidified a bond, and no matter what they do and no matter what happens or goes wrong, they kind of just keep finding their way back to each other. Uh, yeah, this is a relationship that makes more sense like when we had Kingdom Come and it was mm-hmm. uh, Dick and Starfire. Like that, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, they were in Teen Titans together, but... To me, Batgirl and Nightwing. Like, those two are always destined to be together. I, I like even back last year when we had the... Um, the cr- convergence? I, I, yeah, the convergence. convergence. I yeah. couldn't remember. I was going to say Flashpoint. I knew that, wasn't it? Even when we had the Nightwing and Batgirl book, like it was great seeing them together again. And it wasn't in that new 52 kind of like, oh, like here they are meeting again. Great. It, it was just like you had picked up one of those early 2000s Nightwing books where you just see them together. And it's just it's a just very natural-feeling relationship, too. And him with, I mean, him with Oracle, not that it's, like, a taboo or something, but he was with her when she couldn't walk. Like, their love transcended no bounds. And sickness and health, you mean. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, this is something I would really, I'd, I would like to see this kind of happening. And I think we're in a better spot at DC now where they realize that this is kind of the inter-comics like, and inter-character relationships that people want again. They don't need to have everyone be edgy off on their own. Mm-hmm. You can only have so many loners in the DC universe, and I'm glad that they're getting away from that now. So we might get to see more of this. That's, that's my thought. Uh, I'm a child of the 90s. Mm-hmm. I grew up in the 90s. And uh, I'm going to flip it over to the Marvel and I'm going to go with my Gambit and Brogue. Yeah, that's, that's the one I was thinking about, too. Uh, it's something that it just, I mean, it's bread and butter. They are destined to be together. And I am i was glad to see in the 2000s that they actually did become kind of a couple together. But it's that weird, unrequited love, but they both love each other. Yeah. You know, I can't, I can't love you because I can't touch you. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I love you. And uh, it just was something that always, I mean, they were, that's a couple. Always together, mm-hmm. you know? Snake Eyes and Scarlet. Peter Parker and uh, Mary Jane. Like, it, growing up, it was just, those are the couple. And uh, I just, it's one of the things that I just always loved about those characters. Yeah, I always liked them together, too. I, I loved that they were never quite a couple, so you always were in that stage of constant flirting. Yeah. You know, what's the best? That tension, that, you know, that uh, moonlighting uh, tension that was always going on, you know. That's right, Sybil Shepherd and Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. I like that you Television struggled series. over Bruce Willis, the actual movie star. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a Sybil Shepherd doesn't really do anything. <laughs> Well, she started in a show called Sybil, so it's easy to remember. <laughs> From I'm, the 90s. I also forgot all about that. Uh, going in kind of more of the aughts, but a character that was introduced in the 90s, in early 90s, or early 80s, uh, Harley Quinn. You know, uh, getting a lot of pop sensation talk now uh, with her romance with the Joker, but I hate that relationship. It's a horrible relationship. The one that I'm, I, I like a lot more is her and Red together. That's right, her and Poison Ivy. I think uh, they're they've just got that a wild relationship that is just them making a way in the world in their own way. And they, it doesn't matter what the rest of the world's doing; they got a plan for what their lives are going to be, and they're going to go out and get it. And I, every episode of them together in the Batman animated series was fun. Uh, the Bruce Tim. Um, art and then the there's an actually you can get a tray a collection of it it's the Paul Dini and Paul Dini thank you you're welcome, uh, you're welcome Paul yeah hey I'm struggling with the famous people's names it's not Sybil Shepherd <laughs> <laughs> uh, right there what a what one of your favorite comic books right 
Well, I mean, I know he's not your favorite, but yeah, I mean, no, he's you circle back to like his mm-hmm. Batman stuff often. Yeah, and he, all those issues are a lot of fun, and it shows you that you know these two characters are damaged in their own way, and it's just, sometimes you just need a best friend to help you through. And maybe, and then in the New Fifty Two, they kind of like skirted around the issue about whether or not they were a couple at any one time, and it seems yes. They kind of winked and nodded at it, like yes, they were an actual couple in the Harlequin books that were coming out recently, written by uh, Jimmy Palmiotti and uh, one of my favorite Amanda Connor. Amanda Connor. There you Thank go. You. So, so You're John and it right and left over here. So bad. That's why I didn't want to drink a whole beer. Uh, also, yeah, because it's a little bad. I'm all right. So, so far gone. I'm so hydrated now. <laughs> <laughs> Electrolytes. But that's. Uh, it, it's one of those things, like, I loved it when they first appeared together on the animated series. Like, it was great. It was a fun episode. It was one that always stuck with me, that just the friendship that the two of them had, that kind of Thelma and Louise. And that's what they were doing a parody yeah, yeah, yeah. of in that cartoon. But it was, uh, it was. It was a fun relationship, that comic, that graphic novel that we read. It was, it was a lot of fun. It's everything that you wanted Harley Quinn to have in a relationship that she wasn't getting with the Joker. Somebody that was supportive, somebody that was nice with her to her, somebody that would actually take care of her and not just slap her upside the head. Yeah, I don't but still understand. got frustrated with still her. Still got frustrated with yeah, her. It's going to happen. She, yeah. Well, she's Harley Quinn. She's crazy. Yeah, I don't understand why people romanticize that relationship so much. Which one? The Joker? Oh, yeah. yeah Joker and Harley. Uh, it's horrible. So Chris, you were making up, making a very good point about uh, not understanding Harley Quinn and the Joker's relationship. But wedding stuff got in the way, and, and now it's eight hours later. <laughs> yeah, we, we took a little bit of a break. Um, had a rehearsal and a rehearsal dinner. Yeah, I, I I don't understand how people can romanticize that relationship when he's basically just horrible to her. Like, I feel like she's just trapped in a terrible relationship. It's basically a what not to mm-hmm. aspire to but this beer on the other hand Ooh, is something that everyone should be aspiring towards well, go ahead uh you guys picked this up this is from voodoo brewery uh and this is their man bear pig part of the barrel room collection and what are you holding up why, John? Why, why, why uh, i was just holding up the a little description of this beer this is something we paul and i've had before we raved mm-hmm. over this is a beer that takes five years to make um and it's I guess it's three years in the making. Uh, they thought it up five years ago. But this is honey and maple syrup aged in a bourbon barrel for a year. Then that honey and, and maple syrup is used for the sugars to brew a 14.2% imperial stout mm-hmm. with house-smoked malts on applewood and hickory. Mm, I get the hickory. Then put back... Into the bourbon barrels that aged the maple and uh, honey for two years. And what you get is something that's a little complex, a little bitter, a little chocolatey, a little sweet, a little coffee. Mm-hmm. It's deep. It's deep. Rich. It's definitely a sipper. Um, we split like one regular size bottle between the three of us, and I think this is a good amount for me. It's not something that I could drink a lot of. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's not really close to it, but it reminds me of the founder CBS, the Canadian breakfast stout. Okay, okay because, because it's a little sweeter. You're getting that sweetness, you're getting that maple alongside just like the chocolate and the coffee notes. Um, this is definitely much bigger, boy. Um, but also, I feel like the CBS, it's easier to drink. Like mm-hmm. when I would have that, it's just you, you can go back to it like repeatedly. This, like, I haven't taken a sip in a while, and I'm still just getting like that, like that coffee bitter on the back of my tongue there. Uh, just for the listeners, CBS stands for what? Canadian Breakfast Stout. And it's because it's with not the Kentucky bourbon barrel aged. It's it's aged in um, like maple syrup. Maple barrels. Okay. And Canadian whiskey. Yeah. And Canadian. Okay. Uh, also, that beer is 10%, where this is 14.2. So you are getting a bigger beer. You do get a little bit of that more alcohol warmness right in the cheeks. Like it doesn't, it doesn't have the alcohol warmness yeah. all the way down to the gullet, but it's just it. I feel like my cheeks are getting flush just by sipping on this. I'm getting like kind of like that 
like mealy mouth in his throat. A far cry from the Labatt Blue Light that we had <laughs> earlier this afternoon. Uh, uh, but this is something we were going to say. We saved special after drinking the first one right when we got it. Uh, because it was something like, you know what? Let's drink this. We got to drink the next bottle, the three of us together. Uh, and it's for a very special occasion. John Boy's wedding. I'm looking down at my glass, and it looks like cartoon tar. Like it's just so like <laughs> I'm viscous sure. and black. Like I'm pretty sure this is what the villain Roger Rabbit got dissolved in. Oh, it's the dip. It's the dip. I look how I'm looking into my glass, and I can see the reflection perfectly of Angel's Envy. <laughs> like we're in, we're drinking this out of like uh, bourbon bourbon uh, tasting glasses from Angel's Envy. And I can read Angel's Envy yeah. perfectly mm-hmm. in the right. reflection. Yeah, when you when you angle it, it's just like it's right black, there. Black oil, just uh, oh, it's wonderful. Yeah, it's fantastic, but it, it, it's definitely a sipper. It it lets no light through. No, it's a, it's a black hole of a beer. Yeah, I, I didn't hold it up the, to the light. I didn't do the light test like usually I do with like the bigger, like darker mm-hmm. beers. But yeah, but it's a uh, black hole. And yeah, it, it's something. It's complex but it's strong enough to keep you from sipping them and we've had a couple beers paul and i Mm -hmm. recently that are high percent and go down super smooth and off the show as a little celebration we had uh nimble giant from trogues nine percent double ipa so so easy to drink like i finished mine and paul was like how are you done with that how can you how can you not be and that's one of the reasons they call it Nimble Giant, is it goes down smooth, but it's a big beer. Also, you know, we had a rehearsal, and we were waiting quite a while, so we were eating nothing but snacks since breakfast. <laughs> and by snacks, I mean like hands folds of granola, or and trail mix, yeah, trail and mix. it's like, not a lot. So I was uh, three quarters of my way through that Nimble Giant, and I was floating. I was like... I need to slow down. I need to wait until I get some more food in me. And you both were like done, and we're I, fine. I have a freak like, metabolism. So <laughs> I'm like, you guys, that, that helps. I'm fat. You like, guys are professional or something. Because, I suck. I suck that alcohol up like it's nothing. Honestly, like last week when we recorded 308, uh, drinking those six beers from oh. New Belgium. Like as soon as we got off the show, it, it, it all hit me, and I was like, oh god, like I can't even, <laughs> I can't even drive to get food. I ate some macaroni and cheese and took a nap, and then I had to go to work. <laughs> I uh, got the pizza with John, and then mowed the lawn, and I had to take like three breaks to like sit down and drink water because it was one, it was really hot, and also I was too drunk to keep on trying to mow that damn lawn. Uh, I had pizza with you, then I came home, and Caitlin's like, "I'm hungry. I ordered a pizza. I had pizza again. Pizza's uh, good. Pizza's good. <laughs> we had the stuffed crust from Little Caesars." Yeah, it's worth it. Uh, I like stuffed crust. The stuffed crust is good. I like the bacon wrapped pizza Ooh. that they have. Oh, we didn't do that one. No, it's almost too bacony. Mm. But uh, bacon's good. But what relationship in comic book is even better? Mm. In comic books, I mm. should say, not just comic book. In comic book, uh, am I going next? Yeah, we're gonna throw it to your, yeah. Is, it, Ma- is it Marvel? I don't know because I I could go Marvel. I could go DC. Which way should I go? Go Marvel, because I'll go DC. I want Marvel and DC. I thought we were doing two each. Yeah. That was our yeah. second. You did your second. Oh. The you did, is... You did Rogue and Gambit, and which other one? I did one. You did oh, the one. You've done two. Oh. Chris and I, this, we're tossing them out there. I thought we were about done with the show. We've been recording for like nine hours now, which has been <laughs> crazy. All right, so I'll, I'll go on the Marvel side of things. Uh, Paul, you picked one of the ones that kind of had Waiting in the Belfry with uh, Rogue and Gambit. I did. Wait. That was I'm me. Rogue and Gambit. I oh, you picked Harley, yeah, sorry. Harley and Ivy it's and Sue cool. and Reed. It was like six hours ago that we did that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but also, I mean, coming from the X-Men, I have to go with Shadowcat and Colossus. Mm. They're, they're two kids that you just like to see them together, even though things just never happen to work out right between them. Uh, and I love being able to say that we've read since the beginning of their relationship now. And we, we haven't. <laughs> but you know what? That was kind of the big hook when um, Joss Whedon was doing Astonishing X-Men, like seeing them kind of like reconnecting, like it, they were one of those comic book couples that just kind of lives in the background. Like it's like, mm-hmm. Hey, you, you, you know, they, they go together. So seeing them and then having Kitty get shot off into the giant space bullet, uh, hurt. Mm-hmm. 
But you know what? It it added depth to that story. It it did make it count. Uh, definitely. It's it's yeah. Rogue and Gambit, Colossus, Shadowcat, uh, Scott Summers, and Emma, Annie. No, Emma Frost. Because I hit genius like uh, oil, oil and water. I feel. Yeah, I, I'm a I'm a Frost person myself. I would that that's definitely the love interest that we've all always known, aside from the '90s cartoon that mm-hmm. told us differently. I see, yeah. like. The Emma Scott one, it's just more interesting, yeah. I think. Well, it's more interest it was more interesting back in the day when Scott was the, you know, Boy Scout. Now that they've done Scott as the villain, it's a lot less interesting and it's mm-hmm. no longer even a thing. Because she he's not even with Emma Frost anymore. It's so weird. So like when he became the bad boy that she would probably be more likely to be with and she's, she was like, "Ooh, no, I don't want him." Yeah, no. I made her southern. No, no, she's not. Yeah, the road kind of there. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think she's north from the northeast, right? I think she's. Yeah, I would say she's yeah. like New England. Yeah, New England aristocrat. I, I, I read the Emma Frost money. miniseries when that came out, like early two thousands. What was it? Because it, you know, it had that Aussie, really bad cheesecake art. Where I was going around and like. I don't remember it. Like, it was one of those books that I was buying because I was like, oh, I like X-Men, and I'll buy every X-Men book that's mm-hmm. coming out. And I don't remember it. So maple syrup on the nose. Yeah. I don't know. Like, honestly, how you're that far through it yet. Like, I still have a decent amount of... Because mm-hmm. you haven't been drinking bourbon with Paul as much as I have lately. Mm-hmm. You don't need to take a bigger sip just because you, you don't need to catch up. It's not pressure. You're not driving. You too. I'm not. I'm, I am. I'm getting chauffeured around. Where's your hat? <laughs> no, where is my hat? And where's your next pick? Uh, uh, it's John's. My next pick. <laughs> Why do I keep doing that? You're horrible at podcasting. No, I'm, I've lost it. You get in day. the room. You actually are in a room with us. You can't stand podcasting. You can only do it on Skype now, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can do another show with somebody else, too. Uh, yeah, on Skype. <laughs> <laughs> my pick is a love uh, from DC that kind of has always been there for me, um, has been missing, and just recently with Green Arrow Rebirth, is it now rekindling? And that is Green Arrow and Black Canary. Uh, Something that I think the TV show has missed. Yeah. Uh, Arrow, not Justice League Inter... Justice League... uh... Yeah, Justice League International, the TV show. Justice League, what... The cartoon, what was it? Unlimited? Unlimited. Which we're doing a podcast yeah. about? <laughs> uh, the two of them together, they just always kind of fit. And whether it was her being able to tell him to shut up, mm-hmm. and him being able to tell her to shut up, however their relationship worked with whoever writer wrote them, they wrote it as a relationship that works. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I've always enjoyed. It's always been around. And it was something slightly missing even though i was only read the jeff lemire storyline where that was kind of its own roller coaster um definitely a story that could live outside their relationship mm-hmm. but it's something i'm so glad that they are back together in this new rebirth oh good it was one of the it was dorky and it was stupid but i bought that green lantern black canary wedding special issue I, I bought that too. Jimmy Palmiotti and uh, Amanda Connor. Yep. And, you know, it was just silly and over the top, but it was fun. You said Green Lantern. Uh, did I? Yeah. Man Bear Bear Pig. Man Bear Pig got you. Yeah. yeah. It's been a long day. I got up at 7 o'clock and went for a run. And then I, I moved things around. <laughs> well, what I, I like about them is they do work together. And to kind of go back to what you were saying with. It's something that the show hasn't had. I just Laurel was my least favorite part of pretty much every season of Arrow so far. Like I just I don't like her. She's the DA over in yeah. okay. She's the one that uh her sister Cisco makes the thing for. Yeah, like the sonic device yeah. so she can do the cry, yeah. It's I I don't know, I don't like her on the show. Even though I I do like Dinah in the comics. Um, but even it's something like, that's been missing, and I didn't realize how much I missed it until I did read that Green Arrow Rebirth, yeah. number one, and it, it felt right. It felt so right. That felt like the rightest Green Arrow 
issue that I've read in like years. Uh, so it's like Quiver, like when they rekindle their romance in that. Yeah, and it's it's strange too because I did like the Jeff Lemire take on it. Like I do keep going back and saying that because that was a cool run, even though it was different. It really had nothing to do with quote unquote my Green Arrow. Yeah, it's something that stands on its own as a Green Arrow story. Not like almost. It seems like out of continuity. Yeah, that story. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah like, the, the Jeff Lemire from the New Fifty Two. Yeah. yeah, okay. But yeah, like the um, Kevin Smith, Brad Meltzer, Judd Winnick stuff. That that's mm-hmm. kind of what I look at as my Green Arrow. Yeah, yeah. and I, I would agree. I mean, that Kevin Smith Green Arrow quiver is the thing that said this is Green Arrow, you should love him. And I just said, yes, I do. Thank you for telling me this. Very much so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the whole lead-up, you know, up to the wedding, I, I just really enjoyed the the uh, Archer's Quest from Brad Meltzer. Yeah. It's a great story arc where he's, like, trying to put together a wedding ring, an engagement ring for her. Like, that's the quest. <laughs> it's yeah. him, like, I need the diamond, my old diamond tip arrow. Well, why? Because, well, I need the diamond. Well, why? But what Don't I also worry about that. what I also liked about that story though it was reintroducing Ollie to the DC universe because mm-hmm. he'd been gone and yeah he was back but it was like a, it was a road trip movie mm-hmm. basically it was British and that was fun you know and I uh, I want to say like Mia is one of the things that I missed too because like she was a really cool character that they introduced in the Kevin Smith stuff. Uh, Mia Dearden, Speedy. Well, she was okay. She was introduced there, but she became positive during the Judd Winnick. Yes. Okay. HIV positive, which then got nothing happened after, after that. She kind of just faded out. Okay. Yeah. Who she supposedly is supposed to be coming into the next season of Arrow? Mia. Yeah, the Speedy. Because there well, was that out there. That other girl. I've only watched a very few episodes of Arrow. The, the, the entire ones that team over. implodes upon itself towards the end of the thing, and it's just him left alone. Hmm. Even Felicity. So Felicity's yeah. adorable. Yeah, I really disliked this last season. It started good. Um, yeah, it started off strong, but you're not alone. Like a lot of people. Came out like uh, got like too big and too weird at the end with like mm-hmm. like magic and like nukes and secret towns under the city. Like yeah, and it, I, a lot of it like some of that stuff you can go okay, but it jumped around a bit and then don't set up this entire relationship, and then when things are in the center of the season, do all this makeup breakup makeup breakup shit with him and Felicity just to then break up yeah like it just seemed like like well that i think that was trying to be like one of the hooks of the season because like it seems so up and down like that was supposed to be like the mystery i was like oh are where are they gonna end because in one episode things are going good but then the, like the next episode you find out like in the flashbacks that like they're separated yeah it sucked i like i we we have like the last two or three episodes of it i just kind of looked up to see what happened because I was so uninterested. And it's a show that I've championed for the last, what, three, four years? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I still watched it. I wasn't the biggest fan of it. But while I was kind of falling out of that one, like Flash and Legends of Tomorrow like were more than enough to like hold Flash, my attention. There. Flash was so good. Leg- Legends. I don't know if you kept up on that one. I know you're starting. It, it was cool. Uh, Booster Gold showed up, right? No? He's supposed to show up. Who showed up? Hmm? Who showed up? Nobody else really shows up in it. I mean, Scandal shows up. Scandal? Yeah. Fix, uh, and the Captain Anderson Cold? Savage. Savage's daughter, yeah. daughter? Captain Cold died? What? That's spoiler right there. Because he's on the, the reboot of the show he was on before? He's on With first Heat Wave? <laughs> yeah, really? it's coming back. Oh, I didn't know they were bringing that back. <laughs> Wedding text. Got to give people yeah. directions to the wedding. Captain Gold sacrifices himself. Um, what? What's it for a game? If it is for a game, of. I don't believe it. <laughs> it's from a friend of the show, Greg. In your last night of freedom, I recommend you buy something both stupid and selfish. <laughs> After you will feel bad and or be yelled at for such things. Congrats. Thank you, Greg. Oh, that's really nice. 
It's good advice I, for anybody getting married. I was told not to buy any beer in the last week, and I bought two six-packs, so... <laughs> you gotta. For yourself? You self-disgusting. For you guys. Aww. Well, nimble, that comes then. Shared Nimble Giant, and they have another six-pack for us to taste next time after the episode. Well, then that's allowed. Wait, Nimble Giant again? Mm-hmm. What? Wait, don't down that. I love how much... I finally caught up at school. I love how much beer is actually left in the glass. Just from coating the glass. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Even after you... Just it's something you just continue it. to sip out of the empty glass. Yeah. That's... Those are some of our favorite couples. Not all of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's more out there. We snuck in some, Emma Scott. Yeah, there's Emma some very Scott. valid ones. But yeah, let us know yours. Email us, contact at com. Yeah, find us over on the Facebook. You can put it up there. We love seeing new likes and uh, new friends following that. And uh, also, it leave us a note. We're always looking for new information, new ideas for shows. And uh, be one of the fans that give us a trade and policy. Because most of the time, I think 99.9% mm-hmm. of the time, whatever we're recommended to read, we absolutely love. Yeah. Or... Paul buys the wrong book, and I still apologize to you, listener, that uh, it suggested that the agent, the sub- yeah. Dawn of the Jedi stuff, uh, Lawrence, Lawrence, yeah, I'm sorry, Lawrence guessed. That's the point zero zero one percent. Yeah, yeah, that's that's on me though. That's not on the listener. No, it happens. But check us out over there. Make sure you read the show notes over at bangboard.com. I never did a post on our Facebook for the last episode, even though the. The notes were posted because my computer died right when we were recording because I lost electricity for like a second. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, Storm just started up like randomly. But uh, Time Machine, guys, when you listen to this, John will be a married man. <laughs> uh, you'll be married. You'll be Mr. John. <laughs> Mr. John. Already Mr. John. Your dad's Mr. John. Mm-hmm. I thought he was the Rev. He could be both. Oh. 